We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Dan, we've surpassed 100 podcast episodes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because of that, our audience has been growing. So first people off, people are asking questions. Yeah, we just want to say start. Thank you for watching, sharing the videos, commenting on them, all the different things that you're doing. Uh, it really is helping to build our audience. Because of that, we have some current questions pertaining okay. to our last five videos or so that we've done. All right. We also have some new questions that have come in from older videos that we'll try to get to. So okay. We're going to do a lot of things in this video. We'll do today. our best. Yeah, we'll see what we've got. Um, first off, I guess let's go in. Do we want to go in like biblical order? Let's or go in the order that we've got. Just on the order of the paper, which yep. had no bearing whatsoever. Yep. It was kind of as they came in. All right, so from our Luke and Acts video, by the way, this is our comment and question response video in case I didn't make that clear. Yeah. Question number one, was Cornelius the first Gentile converted or was it the Ethiopian eunuch? Okay. Remember from the Luke-Acts video that the purpose of Luke-Acts is to show Theophilus mm -hmm. that this prophecy from Joel that in the last days God would pour out his spirit on all flesh and whoever called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, that that was coming true in the time of John the Baptist, Jesus, the apostles, etc. Right. Um, we mentioned in the video that there was a centurion mm -hmm. in Luke 7, yeah. that Jesus said of him, haven't found this kind of faith in Israel. Right. And there was another centurion in Acts 10. And throughout the book of Luke and the book of Acts, there is this bent toward God is going to send his message to the Gentiles. Right. Um, the Ethiopian eunuch was extremely likely a Gentile. Uh, everything south of uh, Libya or Egypt would have been called Ethiopia in Roman times. Mm. It was a it was, it was a, a term empire. for for all of Africa almost except the very top. Yeah, and uh, he was very likely, uh, almost certainly, a Gentile. Um, in Deuteronomy twenty three verse one, it says that no emasculated man, whether by crushing or cutting, mm. was to be allowed in the assembly of God. So in the Old Testament. Um, eunuchs were not allowed uh, to worship with the Israelites at the temple. Okay. And so... Um, so it's kind of one way or the other. It is a it is a certainly a step in the book of Luke-Acts toward uh, all-inclusiveness. Very likely he was a Gentile. He may have been... He certainly was uh, one that had an affinity for the one God and the religion of Israel, but very likely was a Gentile. Maybe a Gentile who was trying to worship uh, the God of Israel, but uh, very likely he was a Gentile. And 
in, in the, for example, in Luke 14, when you have the parable of the great banquet, Mm-hmm. You have, uh, you know, those that are invited first, they say, oh, we got other things to do. Well, yeah. that's the Jews. And then go out into the highways and the byways and go out into the, out into the country like and the bushes gather and everybody in. else in. Well, that's yeah. a prophetic talking about the gathering in of all the people. Okay. The book of Acts says we're going to start at Jerusalem and then Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Mm. And part of that progression outward to include everybody and whosoever called upon the name of the Lord, that's that eunuch, see? So definitely, if you connect the story of the eunuch and the story of Cornelius, um, here is water. Mm -hmm. What hinders me from being baptized? Well, the reason he asked that is because he was a eunuch. You know, yeah. I'm not accepted. Yeah. If he had been Judaism, reading those old scrolls, he yeah, probably been, had read something about so, that. So is there is there still anything that would hinder me? And of course, the answer was no. You, there's nothing that would hinder you now. But of course, yeah. in the Old Testament, there was. And the same question almost was asked in Acts 10.47 mm-hmm. at the household of Cornelius. Mm-hmm. Can any man forbid the water yeah. that these should not be baptized? Yeah. So really the question of the eunuch and the question there in Acts 10 is the same and for basically the same reasons. Yeah. And so whether, you know, we could say whether Luke is telling us the story in chronological order of the eunuch and Cornelius, they both answer that same theological question. That it goes back to the prophecy of Joel, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh, eunuchs, Gentiles, everybody, yeah. and whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's okay. the answer to the question. Yeah. So it's less... It's less about the timeline specific, more about the theological implication. Yep. Cool. All right. One more from our Luke Acts video. Someone asked us to explain Luke 16, 16. Does this mean that the law of Christ was in effect before Christ died on the cross? All right. Luke 16 says the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Mm. And since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached. Um, the law and the prophets, if you take the theology of Luke Acts, pointed toward this last day's time, this last days when God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Right. We demonstrated in the video that he started doing that at the birth of John the Baptist, mm-hmm. and then with John the Baptist's mother and father and Mary yeah. and Simeon and Anna the prophets, all, all there in Luke. Yeah. So the last days in the view of Luke Acts began with the outpouring of the Spirit and the beginning of prophecy with the birth of John the Baptist. Okay. Uh, that does not mean that uh, Christ had yet died on the cross. The story to Theophilus included the life and ministry and death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And as you read for us the other day in Luke 24, Mm-hmm. In that uh, key passage in 46 and 47, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer. Well, he did that in Luke 23. Yep. And that he should rise from the dead the third day. He did that in Luke 24. Mm-hmm. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in the name of Jesus to all nations, yeah. starting at Jerusalem. Well, that didn't happen until after the death and resurrection of Christ in Acts chapter 2. Right. See? Which Luke will tell us more about when you turn that's right yeah and the things about which theophilus was instructed include the death and resurrection of jesus Mm. and how salvation through the lord jesus acts 221 is based on those things but his point was the last days had begun the process of god inaugurating this plan 
started at the beginning of Luke and goes all the way in through the end of Acts. And so um, the questioner um, asked, does that mean the law of Christ was in effect before he died on the cross? Mm -hmm. No. Uh, I think there may be some misunderstandings in the question. Yeah, because I think that it's they're the, probably getting at John died before Jesus died. And so is Jesus saying there's like this time period between John's death and his no, death? No, no, no. The, the, the covenant, let's put it a different way than the questioner did. Sure. The new covenant that was based on the death and resurrection of Christ was not offered to people until Jesus died and rose from the dead. Okay. Luke 24, 47 says that started at Jerusalem. Yeah. In Acts so, chapter 2. So would it be fair to say... Luke in relaying these messages of Jesus is in that umbrella picture of he's trying to say John was kind of the beginning of the fulfillment of the law and the prophets and Jesus is going to yeah the law and the prophets pointed to this last days that Joel is talking about the mm -hmm. beginning of the last days is the beginning of the gospel of Luke okay now the new covenant didn't start at the beginning yeah. of the last days it started when Jesus died and yeah. rose again. So that may be where the misconception Maybe. comes Because, I mean, through. the verse there says the good news of the kingdom is preached. Yes, the rule of God is another question that the yeah. questioner didn't ask. <laughs> the rule of God was there before yeah, the kingdom of God, the rule of God, uh, people who submitted to God and submitted to Jesus before his death were part of the rule of God, just as Daniel and Ezekiel and others in the Old Testament were under the rule of God. Yeah. But the, the Messiah who was exalted to the throne after his resurrection, after that point you couldn't be under the kingdom or rule of God without submitting to the Messiah, Jesus. Yeah. See, So the rule of God, the kingdom of God, is a bigger concept than the church. Yeah. The church is certainly under the rule of God if it submits to God's rule. But that's another big discussion that <laughs> yeah. could be had another time. I was going to say, if we continued reading in verse 17, we would probably have a whole other video to go through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so if you have follow-ups on that, send them on in. Um, let's go on to Revelation. A question from our video about the tribulation and revelation and all... Revelation? Revelation? Yeah, and all you're that. about like revelant I was last time, but I okay. Know. Here we go. So the question was, what is the mark of the beast? Is it something we can discern in a modern person? Okay, if you remember in the book of Revelation in the video, it's about um, the people who were undergoing the Roman persecution. The Roman emperors were trying to get people to worship them. Yeah. And uh, the, the book of Revelation was telling those people that the only one you can worship is God. Right. In fact, at uh, the end of the book of Revelation, in Revelation 22, mm -hmm. go down here to verse, uh, let's see here, verse 9, read it for us there. Okay. Uh, it says, But he said to me, You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers the prophets and with those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. All right. So you don't want to worship an angel. Mm -hmm. And throughout the book of Revelation, for example, in, in Revelation 13, it talks about, you know, the beast, the people were worshiping the beast in mm -hmm. his image. And in Revelation 13, about what, 15 or 16 or 17, it talks about if anyone um, 
you know, the, if anyone didn't worship the beast, you know, he couldn't buy or sell mm -hmm. or do any of those yeah. things. And they caused him to receive a mark on his hand. Yeah. Um, it talks about in, in Revelation 14, the, the, the fire that is awaiting those who worship the beast mm. and his image. See? Yeah. And so, um, the point of you don't worship anybody but God is strong all the way through Revelation. Now, if you take this back to Daniel, you know, they had people trying to fall down and worship uh, the, the, the image of the king or yeah. whatever. And, you know, they were only supposed to worship God. And so one of the strongest messages in Revelation is worship God. And the person saying, well, why don't you answer my question? I'm getting there. <laughs> so if you look at Revelation 13, which is based on a story in Ezekiel 9, where the guy, God's going to wipe out everybody in the city. Mm -hmm. And this little scribe goes before the guys that are going to kill everybody and he puts a mark on the forehead of right. the ones that are going to be spared. Yeah. The mark in Revelation starts in Revelation 7, 3. Don't hurt the earth or the trees or any green thing until we have put the mark on the forehead of the servants of our God. Mm -hmm. See? Yeah. In Revelation 14, those that have the name of God and the name of Christ on their forehead, those are the ones that follow the lamb. They have his mark yeah. on their head. But if you have the mark of the beast, he wants you to know in Revelation 13 at the end yeah. that that number, it's, it's the, the name of the beast or the number of his name. And the number is six, six, six. And then he tells you the answer to that in the last verse. Read it for me. Uh, verse 18 says, This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. And his number is 666. All right. See, now, the, the simple answer to this is that 6 is an imperfect number. Because mm. 7 is. 7 is the perfect number. Yeah. So he's saying, hey, the number of the beast is 6. Smack you upside the head. 6. Snap, smack you again. 6. And then in verse 18, he says, it's the number of a man. And what do we not do with men? We shouldn't worship we them. We do not worship them. Yeah. That's all there is to the mark of the beast. Since the Roman emperors were men and not God, even mm. though they claimed to be God, okay. you don't worship a man. So it's not saying there is, there's a particular no, man. It's no. It's just saying don't worship men. That's right, because throughout the book, you know, starting chapter 4 and 5, all of heaven is worshiping the one who sits on the throne right. and the lamb. They're worthy to be worshiped. Mm -hmm. Throughout the book, you're punished if you worship the beast and his image because the beast is really just a man, yeah. you know. <laughs> and then even when he tries to fall down and worship an angel at the end of the book, the he says, don't do it. it. Yeah. Worship God. Okay. So that's all there is to that. So it's, a, it's another example of we try to get probably more information out of it than is actually there. He tells you what it is right there. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and if you look at the whole book and how it fits in the whole book, it's obvious that you don't worship anyone or anything except the Creator. You don't worship a man. No. That's it. Cool. All right, you mentioned Daniel. We had one question from the book of Daniel. Daniel, 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 um, Daniel. <laughs> every time. Uh, the question was, they always wondered why Nebuchadnezzar didn't go ahead and just make his whole kingdom start worshiping God since he had just seen God's power. Why didn't he go ahead and destroy the idols of his kingdom? The Bible does not answer that question. But let's turn it back on. The purpose of our video was to show what the 
what the thematic mm. truth is about Daniel. The, the, the phrase throughout the book of Daniel, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. It stands forever, you know. Yeah. And, and Nebuchadnezzar himself was caused to go out and eat grass and become like an animal until he would understand that the Most High rules in the kingdoms of men right. and gives it to whomever he wills and sets up over it the lowest of men. So Nebuchadnezzar finally got his, got his senses back and he said, okay, I realize that I'm just a king and the only reason I'm ruling is because God let me rule. And he says, everybody needs to show respect to the, to the God of Daniel. But the point of the book of Daniel is not Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar's life. The point of the book of Daniel, if you go back to Daniel 2, 21, mm-hmm. um, read Daniel 2, 21, 22 there. Let's see. 21, 22. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. All right. Who does that? That would be God. God does. God puts kings on the throne. God removes kings off the throne like he removed Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. He removed Belshazzar in Daniel 5. Yeah. He removed Darius the Mede. Yeah. He finally removed Cyrus. He put the Greek kings on there. He put the Roman kings on there. And he's removed them. See, who's really in charge in the universe, whether you're a captive or not? It's God who yeah. rules. And his kingdom is the only everlasting kingdom. So the concern, and please don't understand, don't misunderstand why I'm telling you this. The concern of the book of Daniel is not what Nebuchadnezzar did or Belshazzar did or any of those others. The concern of the book of Daniel is to show his people who are in exile that there's really only one king in charge of the universe. Mm -hmm. And that's God. And he rules over all these other kings. And the individual conduct of these kings isn't the point. The point is, if you trust God and remain faithful to God, who's the real king, you'll come out okay in the end, whether you're a captive or whether everything's fine or whatever. So it's one of those, we could speculate one way or the other, but the Bible doesn't tell us. I don't believe in speculation. If the Bible doesn't answer, we don't have an answer. The question, the real question is, what is Daniel trying to tell us? What's the purpose of that book? See? And it's God is going to remain. God is the king. Which I think we talked about this a little bit. It's interesting because of Daniel. Daniel remains as God's messenger despite Mm -hmm. all of those kings coming and going. Meanwhile, in the book of James. Okay, so here we go. We're going to jump back into the New Testament for James in verse four, chapter 4, verse 6. Mm-hmm. Should I read the verse first? Sure, why don't you? Why don't I do that? Let's get to Hebrews, James, chapter 4, verse 6. It says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. All right, again, that is a general principle you can apply any time, but what is James trying to do with it? Mm -hmm. As we spoke in our video last time, the the backdrop of the book of James is a conflict, a actual Mm -hmm. killing, fighting, hating, cussing conflict that was going on between the rich and the poor in, in the different social strata. And people were getting mad at each other. People were demanding their position. They were, they were, you know, fighting because they thought they were right. And, and when God says in this one, if you read the verses right ahead of this, which is always good when you're asking a question on a verse. True. Read the verses right ahead of it. He says, where do your fightings come from? You know, you lust and don't have. You kill and covet and can't obtain. Mm-hmm. And, and it comes from your own lust. See, the, the powerful wanted to keep their power and expand their power. And they didn't care about the poor. And the poor... You know, they were mad and wanted to get revenge on those that were abusing them. And yeah. all of them had their pride and, 
And what they needed to do was humble themselves, as it says in chapter 5, and come together and confess their wrongs and mm -hmm. treat each other right and understand each other and, and work things out instead of yeah. being ugly. So the question was, how does all that apply to a discussion with people who feel they are strong enough to not wear, by the way, we're recording this during the whole COVID outbreak, mm -hmm. uh, feel they are strong enough to not wear masks and welcome getting the virus? Well, obviously, this comes from a person who's uh, been caught up in this conflict of mask and no mask. And really, yeah. it doesn't matter what the conflict is. It could be racial conflict. It could be mask or no mask. It could be yeah. political, you know, could be Republican, Democrat, lack of wealth, wealth lack, lack yeah. of wealth. The, the point is, if we're humble and we do the best we can to do what we think we ought to do and we do not, uh, you know, we, we do not uh, use our tongue the wrong way, you know, be swift to hear, slow mm -hmm. to speak, slow to anger. Yeah. All the wrath of man there. does yeah. not accomplish the righteousness of God chapter 1 verse 19 and 20 if we approach our brother or our sister humbly and mm. we do our best and we don't make it a cause of division then we're following this text yeah. if we start hating our brother and dividing and cussing and being ugly over it then we're doing just what James says don't do yeah and I think that's where verse, you know, as much as you look at the one before, often after. you can get the answer Resist after. Resist that devil. It says, well, submit to God, you know, instead of worrying about. And then it says, resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Draw that, close to God. Too. So if so, you're going to, if you're going to get mad at your fellow person over that, then resist the devil and don't do it. <laughs> Be angry, but do not sin. Let not the sun go down upon your anger. Neither give the devil a foothold. There we go. Okay. So. Anyway, take that for the application you need there. Uh, James chapter 5, 7 to 11. Uh, yeah, it's talking about the patience that, that they should have. But again, you wait for God and God will work this out in the context of the book of James. Yeah. Do you want me to give the question they asked first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. They asked, uh, does this section mean that we should never advocate for change, either in the church or in the world? No, that's not the context of the, of the passage at all. The context of the passage is this terrible fighting conflict that was going on between rich and poor. Yeah. And some of it was surely difficult to solve in the social situation at that time. Just like the situation in our country with the riots and with all the rest of this, it's difficult to solve. Yeah, That's not the question. We, we're going to have to wait on the Lord to solve the, the difficult things that maybe we can't solve. But what we can do mm. while we have patience on the Lord, according to James, yeah. is we can watch our own mouth. Mm -hmm. We can humble ourselves before our brothers and sisters in Christ. We can work to promote understanding and, and make peace. Mm -hmm. We can confess our sins to one another. See? Yeah. And we can work to show a different set of values, the Christian value of loving your neighbor as yourself, instead of getting caught up in the cat fight like everybody else does. That's, yeah. that's how this passage about patience, you may not be able to solve the issue, but you can act the right way while the issue is trying to get worked out. Yeah, you can do what you can to be part of the solution. Yeah, in, in this conflict, there were probably a lot of people that didn't have the same values these Christians did, yeah. and they couldn't control what those people were doing, but and they, they were could. caught up in this, but they yeah. could control their own actions and how they yeah. interacted with So people. like there in verse 7, when he talks about how the farmer patiently waits on the fruit of the earth, would it be a fair application to say, as much as it was out of the farmer's control, whether the rains came early or late, 
he still could be tilling the soil and pruning right. the trees and fertilizing. Right. And right. You do what you can and you just trust God and wait on God to, to okay. solve the rest of it. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that you can't advocate for change. No. It means just try to take care of what you can. Yeah. With and, and if you can't control something, then you can't worry about that. Yeah. But again, we can't read these passages <laughs> without respect to what the writer's trying to say in these passages in the context of the whole book. Yeah. I kind of get the feeling sometimes people read read that or will weaponize this as a see we shouldn't be doing anything. Yeah. I think was the message that No, they that's that's that. not true. Okay. That's not true. All right. We should advocate for change and social justice and everything. But, you know, just thinking about this the other day, I want every police officer to treat everyone fairly. Mm. And I also appreciate the courage and the the difficulty of the job of police officers who are trying to keep us safe mm. on both sides. But I can't control every worldly person out there, police officer or person on the streets. Mm. Only Christian police officers yeah. can use a Christian ethic when they're trying to do their job to the best of the, but they can't control everybody else in the whole world, see? Yeah. They have to pray about it like the rest of us and do their best to make changes. And we can all do our best to encourage change. But in the process, mm -hmm. I can control me and that's it. Yeah. And that's what I got to do, according to the book of James. Love my neighbor as myself. Yeah. So as a Christian, like if it's whoever asks the question, you're in your context of your congregation or your family. You can first start with yourself. That's you can all build you can on do. Your family. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Then but, you but, act in no your congregation. But love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying you kind of work on those concentric circles. Yeah. You can't of, control everything. But James's point is you can control yourself. Yeah. So do it, all of you. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, let's see. I think we're doing. We're doing all. Let me pause it real quick. That way we don't run out of. Okay, so we'll keep rolling with a couple of general questions. Those were all the ones out of our last, you know, several videos we've done. Interesting. Uh, here's just some general questions we've got. We get these kind of across lots of videos. We've answered this one before, but like I say, new audience, we'll answer this one again. Dan, why do you read directly from the Greek sometimes? And why don't we use the King James? Yeah, we'll get to that part. I thought we would break it in half. But. Well, <laughs> the all of our Bibles, all of our New Testaments come from the Greek New Testament, which is hmm. the original language of the New Testament. Yeah. And we have nearly 6,000 manuscripts of the Greek New Testament that form a really fine scientific basis for the text. All of our translations, which are, have their pluses and minuses, come from this. So if you can go if you can go back to the original it's it's the one that was actually directly breathed out by god so you might as well do that yeah. and so that's why i read from it because i've studied it all my life and so do other people so a lot of other people yeah. that's, that's why we do it so, so that's the best i got okay and then why don't we use a king james like i use an esv a lot of times you usually have an niv in addition to well, why don't you use uh, the Reina valera spanish bible of 15 <laughs> whatever see i can't read spanish, well, yeah, but, but... but everybody out there speaks different languages and we all have to choose a translation there's no particular translation that's perfect 
some are better than others. Mm. And uh, uh, the reason I don't use the King James, though sometimes I do, is because it's in the language from the 16th century or 17th century, yeah. and people don't speak that language anymore. Uh, I use try to use other things that, uh, well, the Greek text, but other translations that are good, well done, accurate translations yeah. that... Uh, uh, people can understand today. We don't say wished you not and sod pottage and all that stuff today. True. And I would say it's probably true of both of us. We don't just use the one that's sitting in front of us. No, we video. use different ones. Yeah. So we it, use different ones. In our own study, it's not uncommon to have right. a multitude of things in front just to check some of those. Yep. Um, what other resources do we have available? Um, I, I'll take this one. Go ahead. <laughs> Since it's, you know, not direct from text sort of thing, but we have a lot of different resources available right now, especially if you're already following us on our YouTube channel, which if you're not, I would encourage you to. Um, we have all of our live stream services there, so in addition to the stuff we do, you could find... You know, Sunday services, live stream, recorded. Yeah, you could find our preacher, Dustin Campbell, some of his lessons. Yep. Dan is currently, again, we're recording this uh, beginning of July. Dan is currently going through a study of Ezekiel. Called Is God Still With Us? Yeah, so we have a long form study there. He just did several lessons over the chapters of Moses. So those are all on our YouTube channel. So we've got a wide variety. We've got a playlist that's called Bible Study, uh, Archive Bible Studies. So also, you might check out if you're into serious Bible study that you want to get deep into the weeds. We've got a Bible site called globalpreachertraining.com, mm -hmm. yep. and you can get studies that are many hours long on different books of the Bible and different teachers teach on there, so you would be blessed if you really are a serious student by going there. Yeah, those are coming straight out of the uh, Bear Valley Preacher Training Program, right. mm -hmm. those sort of things. So those are like full semester-long type classes that are available for free. So that's the best places to get started. Uh, like I said, we have our podcast. If you're not listening on the podcast, and we put some of our older stuff out there from time to time. Yeah. Um, but really, if you check out our YouTube channel, you'll get the majority of you'll it. You'll get a lot of stuff. And then the Global Preacher Training, you'll get a variety of other teachers that. Don't we even have the How We Got the Bible stuff and some Christian Evidences stuff on our channel too? Yeah. Yeah, we've Good. got a playlist with the How We How We Got Our Bible, which is a question we get fairly often. So, okay. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, let's go into some of our older videos now, Dan. Maybe time for that one there on the Ten Commandments, at least, huh? Yeah, yeah we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Here we go. Uh, on the Ten Commandments, is the Bible one giant law book? Meaning, does the same word have the same meaning like it would in a law book? No and no. Okay. Stop right there. The, the Bible is not a giant law book. Um, it certainly contains laws and ordinances, mm. uh, but the, the Bible is a great story of God and his relationship with his people. And in the context of that story, God gives his people, uh, Israel, certain laws, mm. and they were responsible to keep those laws. Um, the only nation that was ever directly responsible to keep the specific laws of Exodus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, yeah. Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy is the nation of Israel. Okay. However, God had moral principles he gave to other nations like the Ninevites that Jonah went and preached to and yeah. the Edomites and others. Um, the Christ, of course, gives us commands, but we have stories of what Jesus did and what Jesus uh, taught. And we have yeah. stories of 
you know, what Jesus told his apostles to go out and teach and letters from the apostles. So there are laws and commands, but no, the Bible is not just a law book. And yeah. the, the second question, does the same word have the same meaning like it would in law book? Absolutely not. I mean, just using the word law, we could yeah. take that even in one book, it'll have multiple yeah, meanings. Yeah, the word sometimes. law, <laughs> words have multiple meanings. To make it very simple, a word in the Bible means whatever a particular inspired writer is trying to say by it. Hmm. Um, Jed, you were rather cool to me this morning. Jed, you're not as cool as I am. Jed, Sunday morning, it was a bit cooler than it has been before. Yeah. Uh, Jed, I look cool. Jed, cool it. Jed, cool it. <laughs> so see, there we have just illustrated just yeah. a few different meanings of the word cool. Why does it mean different things? Because I used it differently in different sentences. Yeah. Biblical writers use words differently depending on what they're trying to say. So the, you have to, as we're looking at what we've been doing in this series of videos, yeah. you have to find what does the word mean in its context. You can't just look up one yeah. meaning and that be the meaning in every context. It simply doesn't work. Right. Which is something we get in a lot of our questions. People ask about a particular word and they'll go, but it meant this and they'll name a different source. Sure. And it's like, well, sure, that's what it meant there. That doesn't mean that that's what it means here. I, I know a particular example of that. I was having a discussion with some people about a word in the New Testament uh, that describes homosexuality. It's arsenokoites, males who have intercourse with males. Mm. And it was pointed out that that word was used for um, men that abuse little boys. Mm. And in Greek literature, you can find a case or two where it was used yeah. in a situation where that was the discussion, where it was used that way. Right. But if you look at it in other context it's used in a more general way so the, yeah. what determines the meaning of the word the context period okay all right next one uh-oh we talked Do about we want to <laughs> don't know if i want to but we might as well i mean we can answer it uh <laughs> we all, we answer pretty much everything there but you sometimes go. the answer isn't necessarily definitive um but it's, we had done a video a long time ago about a biblical diet plan. People can watch the video if they want the full discussion. But the question that came out of it was, should we be more concerned about eating rare meat on purpose? I think dealing with blood and all those different things. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to eat blood. Genesis 9, Acts 15, Leviticus 17. Yeah. You're not supposed to eat blood. The the um, biblical teaching was that when you killed an animal, you slit its throat, you drained the blood out of the animal, mm. and then you butchered the animal and you ate the meat, you see. And it was basically about bleeding the animal when you killed the animal. Now, some people just ate or drank blood, and that was yeah. forbidden in Scripture, both Old and New Testament, mm. okay? Yeah. So, the... He's, he's talking about, in the Bible, just pouring blood into a bowl and drinking it or eating it. Which sounds horrible yeah, and disgusting. But, <laughs> but so the answer to that is no, but I think when you cook steak and that animal has been bled and it has various degrees of cooking, I don't think that's what the Bible is talking about. It's talking about just yeah. drinking a cup of blood or something. 
so gross. <laughs> so gross, but there you go. Okay, polygamy. We did a video about that one. We're at 35 minutes, I see. I love it. Here we go. <laughs> okay. I love watching Dan squirm. No, I'm no. squirming. <laughs> no, we, we talked about how God works through situations. He may not desire it, but he can still work through it. Yes. And so they said, so if polygamy is not good, why would God use it? All right, same, same question could be asked. If lying is not good, then why did God use it when... Uh, Jacob lied to his father Isaac. You know? Yeah. Uh, if um, fornication is not good, then why did God allow Abraham to have Hagar? You know, and have you know. Yeah. So the question is is I think based on a misunderstanding again, and that is that in God's election, in God's choice, in God's eternal plan, when God said, "I will do this. Mm -hmm. I will make you a great nation." Yeah. I will bless you. Whoever blesses you, I will bless. Whoever curses you, I will curse. In mm. you all the nations shall be blessed. The moral decisions of every person involved in the working out of that plan are not God putting his approval on those yeah. moral decisions. Yeah. It is that whatever man did, good or bad, God could potentially use that to carry out his great plan. Now, he wasn't approving yeah. the bad. Would it be even maybe a, maybe a better way to say it, that he wouldn't let their moral failing derail his plan? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Because I think that that's, people get caught up on, oh, well, God went ahead and used it. And it's yeah. more like God's going, yeah, I know you're trying to veer to the left, but I'm going to pull you back to the right. Well, it's, it's whatever you do, I'm going to use it to fill my, fulfill my plan. Uh, Pharaoh, uh, he rejected God completely, let my people go. Yeah. And so God said, okay, if he's going to be stubborn, I'll use it. It didn't yeah. mean that, that God recommended stubbornness. Mm. He meant, if you're going to be stubborn, I'll use it. In Romans 9, God talks about um, that God made all the, all the people like vessels. Mm. And you can be used as a garbage can, or you okay. can be used as a beautiful serving dish. Mm. But that depends on what you choose. Yeah. But God will still use you, see? Okay. And and so the idea that that God's plan made use of both the good and the evil in man does not mean in any way, shape, or form that God approves the evil. Mm. When Jesus talked about marriages and the multiple marriages of the ancients, he said from the beginning it was not so. Yeah. Okay. Last one. Saying, I'm so glad. <laughs> this one, surprisingly, just as a, a note for those who are still with us and everything, this video has gotten a lot of play in the last, you know, let's say 30 days. About the soul. Since we've been, uh, since, since the date of this recording, 30 days prior. Um, a lot of play, a lot of questions, a lot of comments, but they kind of pool around these two sort of things. Uh, number one, Jesus doesn't specifically say both the body and soil will be soul will be destroyed in Gehenna after doesn't the, or Jesus. doesn't it doesn't he actually say that the body and the soul will be completely destroyed after the resurrection? Um, the word destroyed is um, it can mean different things, but Ooh, another word. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It, he does say um, you shouldn't fear the one that can just kill the body but the one that can destroy soul and body in hell. Now, destruction, the Bible uses the term eternal destruction. Mm. 
And in Revelation 14, it talks about the smoke of their torment goes up day and night forever and ever. Mm. Uh, it uh, talks about torment as the place where the worm does not die or the fire is not quenched. Yeah. And so this is talking about the annihilation theory right here. Yes, the and, whole God would punish you, but it would be a complete and utter punishment, not an everlasting one. Right, and and Jesus didn't mean that, and there are many other passages that show that he didn't mean that. Um, in the book of Ecclesiastes, that last one, Yeah. The Ecclesiastes is a series of musings and questions. Yeah. And Ecclesiastes 9, uh, you know, the body's just going to die, and it's you know, and right. what's the point if this happens? And blah, blah, blah. that's the musings, the questionings of the philosopher, and he and he comes back and and he yeah. then answers some of those questions. So in Ecclesiastes, like in Job, right, there are many statements or questions asked that are totally off base, and they don't really understand. Mm -hmm. But that's the point. Man doesn't understand. He's asking these questions. Yeah. And so, um, so that's where that's a good example of if you're trying to take one type of literature and give it definitive purpose, like a teaching of Jesus. Right. You're trying to make apples and oranges. Yeah, the Ecclesiastes same. is is wisdom literature, hmm. and you have to let the let the person speculate for a while before he finally gets down to okay. Here's the end of the matter. The whole duty of man is fear right. God and keep His commandments. Right. So that's where we can't take something that Ecclesiastes says and go, that's obviously what Jesus meant, or that's against what Jesus meant, or any of those no, sort of things. No, or, or Job. You have some of the same types of statements in those Job. Those musings. Yeah, so, and Job okay. is giving out a whole bunch of bogus ideas. Yeah. So the soul is eternal. We'll just yes. kind of reiterate that one. Yes. Yeah, go to and, Revelation and you see the souls that, that are, that are the, the souls of the martyrs going out uh, going on uh, there after death, mm -hmm. and you see the, um, you know, the those thrown in the lake of fire, the beast and the false prophet are in the lake of fire, and then there's a thousand years, and then Satan's cast into the lake of fire. Uh, Revelation 20 verse 10, uh, where the beast and the false prophet already are, they're still mm -hmm. there after a thousand years. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's many passages that show that the annihilation theory is false. Hmm. Okay. So like I said, lots of people are watching it. You may want to go back and watch it, listen again, keep those questions coming on it. But that's what we've got for this round. You made it. <laughs> so if you have any comments or questions on upcoming videos, maybe about the comments and questions we responded to this time or any of our past videos, we welcome that. We really appreciate it. It's fun to interact with you. Some of these we've already responded to directly in YouTube comments, so don't feel like you have, you're going to be waiting for months for us to do it on video. But we thought that some of them, even if we responded directly, were worthwhile sharing with the rest of our community. So thanks Thank again. Thank you for your questions. Keep yeah. on bringing it and keep on commenting and keep on sharing. And please listen as we're trying to Show us how to keep context in the great messages of books yeah. and understand the Bible in its context. Yeah, because we really do appreciate that you keep watching and listening, and we'll keep doing it as long as it's of use to you guys. Um, so, again, have a great week.
Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.